Hey, look how those headphones fit on his head. Someone was in here the other day and they were too big. They're fucking too small for his head. I'm, I'm not a small individual. What do you want from me? I've lost 15 pounds since November. Really? Yeah. This is me. This is smaller me. Damn. Did you reach your goals? You were putting on weight to lift heavy. Uh, yeah, I was putting on weight to uh, be in the 107 kilo weight class for the USA team. And then I got done competing for that. And then they told me I had to cut down to 97 kilos. Did you make the team? Yeah. Um, why? Who told you you had to cut down to 97? Uh, the coaches. So the old 97 could no longer cut and stay under 97. So now he has to go up to 107s. And you can only take one person from each or each weight class from each country. And so they, they're like, you can either not qualify for the Paralympics or go down to 97s. So, 15 pounds, how'd you do it? Uh, I stopped eating four pints of ice cream a week. Oh, that seems like a good place to start. Was that hard? <laughs> no, not really. It's actually kind of nice. I didn't have to cry my cry, my, cry into my last meal of the day. Oh. It, really? It was like that? I, yeah, I was having to force feed myself daily. Just trying to maintain weight or gain weight? Maintain. Maintain. Like, well, I was trying to gain weight, but it just maintained. How, how old are you? That doesn't seem healthy. I'm 32. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> is, is it fine? <laughs> when you hit 37, you will not be able to do that. I hope I'm not trying to do that at 37. Right, right. <laughs> what? Okay. No. I, don't, I, just, I, I feel like because we've all been CrossFitting for, I mean, I've been CrossFitting for a third of my life now. I feel like a lot of that shit will get pushed back. Or, you know, people are like, oh, when you hit, you know, 30, this shit's going to happen. This, uh, this is going to happen. I think it's just going to push back. I, I don't further. know. My fitness took a big dip when I was 28. So, like, I think that it happened a lot earlier for me. And maybe I'm just oblivious to it. And what happened when you were 28? Got paralyzed. And how did that happen? Uh, ricochet barbell. Ricochet barbell. Mm-hmm. Have you ever used that term before? Oh, yeah. It's that's, an easiest that's, way to. That's the quick. Yeah, that's the quick answer. It's descriptive. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. So many fucking topics to discuss. Do you know this guy, Eric Maciel? Mm-hmm. He's the engineer. You're the guest. Hi. Is it Ogar or Ogre? Whatever you want. What are you, how do your parents say it? Ogar. Ogar. And what's your middle name? William. Kevin William Ogar is on the show. And Matt Bischel is on the show. Do you know my middle name? Matthew. Matthew Matthew. Henry <laughs> Bischel. Henry. Yes, it's Hank, very, Hank, Henry, Hank, Bischel. It's a very waspy guest of you, David, Henry, David. That's nope. very Jewy. No, that's no, very. No. That's <laughs> that's very are you Jewish? Are you Jewish? Not that I know of. Not that you know of. <laughs> there are. There's a lot. There. You're on the L1 staff, Kevin, yep. a world class coach. Um, I saw your journey becoming an L1 trainer mm-hmm. in Carrie Peterson's fabulous documentary, which can be purchased on iTunes called Man of Steel. No, Will of Steel. Will of Steel, which they missed a really good like pun for Wheel of Steel. But, you know. Uh, Maybe we could re release the film. Like, like the. Like put the, the nude seeds back in and call it Wheel <laughs> I, of Steel. I told Michelle. <laughs> I told them they should keep all the nude scenes in. I mean, there are no <laughs> new scenes of me, but it was like... Oh, I don't know, but we always for the director's cut. It was actually just mostly nude scenes of uh, Jay and Carrie, so... Oh, that I'm not surprised. Why is Megan Comey's... Uh, Megan Comey's is waving through the window. Why is she doing that? Because we're friends. Yeah. Um, the CrossFit Games every year is the premier fitness competition in the world that crowns the fittest person alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had goals and aspirations to be in that competition. Yep. Um, those goals were cut short in 
2014. 2014, um, when you were at another um, fitness competition, mm-hmm. and we'll get into what happened later. To that um, at the 2000, I'm not sure what games in Carson. You did an exhibition on the floor. That was that was the 2014 ones. 2014 games. Yeah. Okay. Oh wow. So right then, that first year yeah. after, you did an exhibition on the floor. And what I'm guessing, and from what I'm hearing, is that people who um, I don't know what the term is, disabled, or people who go with, go with how you feel. You're not gonna like I say if you if you use whatever word you want to, as long as you mean it in a nice manner. I don't. You can call me a cripple if you want to. Like that's fine with me. I feel like it's kind okay. of like our swearing conversation. If you say it confidently, you go with it. It's acceptable. Yeah, I can just do any word like is, that. Yeah, or, or if it's like if it's like forced and contrived, it just yeah. If you wanted to be like, yeah, like you're a gross cripple, but you mean it in the nicest way possible. Right. Like I'm fine with that. Man, you're the hottest <laughs> cripple I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, sure, go with that. Um, um, people who aren't playing with all the parts of that a normal human beings born with. Yeah. Um, there is no way to crown the fittest. Um, one of one of those. Not yet. Okay. How the fuck? would you organize that so that the number of categories didn't financially crush an institution that wanted to put it on or or and still make it interesting but it still has to have integrity like mm-hmm. how would i how would i someone's feelings are going to get hurt right absolutely they have to it's competition right i don't even i don't even mean like that but like there's going to be the competition is going to be like hey that we have only two classes people with legs and people, people with legs and no arms, or people with arms and no legs. Well, and, and, and we have to start somewhere, right? Well, and it has been started actually. Um, Chris Stoutenberg up in Canada owns a website called Wheelwad that does uh, adaptive programming for um, a few categories. And are you jealous that you don't you didn't come up with that and own that? Uh, no, not at all. It takes okay. it takes a lot of work, and um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you, I'm just I'm just a pretty face. There's not like. Uh, well, a moderately unugly face, let's say. Uh, but I, like, I'm I'm perfectly happy letting letting Stouty, yeah, wheel wide, letting Stouty run it. And so he does programming for uh, the categories that are pretty standard in uh, like fitness competitions nowadays, which is upper uh, upper uh, impaired athlete, lower impaired athlete, and then seated athletes. And it's just determined basically on like or that's three stand, categories. Okay. Yeah, standing and okay. standing and seated is, is the main mm-hmm. two categories. Okay. So like we just had Wadapalooza, um in January and there was seated and there was standing. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, there's, and our, that wasn't an exp- expedition. <clears throat> no, that was competition a- exhibition. That was actually a competition. Yeah. Okay. It, it, so give me an example. Someone seated is someone like you, uh, someone seated. So the categories are basically, um, your, your, your designation is basically how you complete most of your movements. Okay. So obviously I'm doing most of mine seated, but you don't have to be a paraplegic to be in the seated division. There's people with uh, like uh, cerebral palsy or certain forms of cerebral palsy. There's people with um, amputa- uh, amputations. There's people with lower paralysis, high paralysis. Uh, there's some um, spina bifida. Anything that's going to keep you where, where the safest form of you working out is in a seated position, you'll be in the seated division. But if you're like a um, like a, a above knee or below knee amputee um, for for uh, unilateral side, so one side, or like same thing for upper upper extremity amputation. And you can still stand. And you can still stand. You can complete most of your uh, most of your movements in a standing position. Here I'm in the standing division. So so makes sense. I don't have legs below my knee. Yeah, but I have prosthetics. And you you could be like so there are. Some, so I get to choose. Am I like okay? I could do seated or standing. Yeah, kinda. At that point, so there are some double amputees who are like, um, if you're below knee, you're probably going to be standing, um, just because 
uh, you have um, that that knee joint. Having that knee joint's a big deal. Hmm. Um, but if like um, like Zach Rule, I think everyone knows who Zach Rule is. Yeah, um, he's a he's a freak. Freak, a freak of nature. Nature. He's he, yes. the dude's the dude's an animal, and um, so he's he's a double amputee above the knee, and so he just has he has his little nubbies, uh-huh. um, and so he's a seated athlete. Okay, um, but I mean there are some double just above just above knee amputees who who have competed in the standing division. Are you happy with? These three categories. What were they again? Standing, seated, and oh well, it's, it's up. The the categories that you can be classed into is kind of like upper, lower, and seated. But if you're in competition, it's usually just standing and seated. Standing and seated. Okay, competition. Are you happy with that? Oh, uh, for now, yeah. Whose feelings are getting hurt? Where's the most criticism coming in? Who's saying, "Oh, that's bullshit"? They need um, blah, blah blah blah. You know, blah. I would actually, I would actually probably say the seated division, um, because I mean, for for paralysis. Why you get some guy who can stand in your division? And you're like, dude, what the fuck? I mean, I'm I'm not. I don't care. I still win. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but are you the guy right now? Uh, you know, I I got second at Wadapalooza. I got I've gotten second twice at Wadapalooza, and then first the year before that. Okay, who, who edged you out? Uh, the first year was Zach. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year was a, a kid named um uh, Josh Josh Rucker. I think his name's. Do they drug test? Uh, no, not yet. Not yet. I mean it. it I mean, all of us are on drugs. For, I was going to say, that would be hard to read out. Handicapped athletes. So, yeah. I mean, a lot of them are on different things. But, um, but yeah, there's a lot of complaining, I think, in the seated division because there's so, like there's a lot of people in the seated division who has have some use of their legs or have a lower paralysis or have a higher paralysis. And, uh, you know, I, I've always just kind of said, like, yeah, there, was a, there was a complaint a couple of years ago that it wasn't fair that Zach was in our division because he's a double amputee and he, he's mm-hmm. like a freak. And um, they're complaining that it wasn't fair. And I was like, well, you guys are all less paralyzed than I am. And I'm beating all of you. So maybe you guys should just work harder and complain less. And what would, what, how would that be an advantage to him? Um, so like he doesn't have to worry about dragging his legs around. Like my weight legs still weigh something. If I'm doing muscle-ups, pull-ups, it's, it's you know a little bit of dead weight. Okay. He doesn't, he doesn't have that. But it's not More that, than a little bit. I mean, that's not that big of an advantage. Like I, I beat double amputees regularly. He just, the, the kid works. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's the same thing. Like you're gonna just like in able-bodied uh, competition, like you're gonna have people who are, have advantage because they're shorter, or have advantage for this movement because they're taller, or totally they're gonna weigh less, weigh more, lift less, lift more, and it's kind of one of those things. Like it's it's about fitness. What happened to Zach? Zach, where where are his legs? Um, he was he was born with. Um, he actually was born, and he'll probably yell at me for getting this wrong because he's told me before and I wasn't listening properly. <laughs> Um, but he, he was born with a, a birth defect. He had actually, um, one of his legs was a femur and then attached directly to his foot. And this other leg was a tib fib and then attached to his foot. And, oh, wow. um, so he had one full leg. They're just on two different sides of his body. Wow. Um, wow. That's a great explanation. Yeah. Really. Thank yeah. you. And so, and so uh, I think at the age of three, they had to amputate because of something that was going on with his bones. And so they amputated at age three. And so he's been an amputee ever since. Is any part of you tempted to do that? No, the the uh, the decrease in blood flow for me is already pretty low, and then if you chop it off, the, the amount of health concerns that come along with amputation are are ridiculous. Like it 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 is not a good idea. Give give me I, I don't, explain that to me. I'm not understanding blood flow. So like for me, um, since I don't have constant muscular contraction mm-hmm. or, or proper innervation of the muscle tissue below my injury line. My blood flow is less because I don't have muscles squeezing the blood back up. Okay. So it's kind of just like a forced system. So my blood flow is a little lower. Mm-hmm. So for me right now, if I get like a cut or a bruise or something like that below the injury line, it takes forever to heal. And there's probably going to be some massive scarring there. 
Um, that's why I like pressure sores and um, making sure you shift and stuff like that. And skin issues are a big thing um, for, for seated athletes. If I were to amputate, now my system isn't complete. And so now I'm going to have an even more decreased blood flow and likelihood to have infection and uh, skin issues and so on and so forth at that amputation site. But they would go away because it would all be within it wouldn't i'm not it's not making sense to me because yeah. because like, like how long are your legs um i don't know short long you're t- you're you're a tall guy right you're six. yeah but i'm built like a basset hound so <laughs> um i'm just i'm just struggling i'm thinking like would you have less blood if you lost your legs if i, would, I wouldn't have legs? less blood but i wouldn't have as much efficiency in pushing the blood back up to my system you've now like created a a, a area or a source that has um, that has been compromised through the amp- amputation where you're more likely to get um, skin issues, um, not heal as fast from those skin issues and get infection. So I think that's really what the issue is, is the amputation. Okay, and so um, is it is it a thought of yours? No, I, I'm, I'm fine with... Yeah. I'm, I'm fine with taking second place and having my legs. Yeah, I, I think I would rather keep my legs too. Yeah, I mean, I, I, know, I, know one, I know one kid who, who did have his leg amputated because he, he, they ended up he ended up getting some like bone stuff that was happening below it. And he got, um, an amputation on, on, I think just one of his sides and, um, the health problems that came along with that were just not almost not worth it for him. It was, it was like, he probably spends a lot of his time in the hospital. Mm. Is your blood pressure different than? Yeah. Blood pressure is a little higher than it used to be, but I still have fairly low blood pressure for. Okay. I'm lost again. Wouldn't your blood pressure be lower because don't ask me. I don't. I don't know the science behind that. Um, okay. I, I, I've been told typically the the blood pressure for a, a, a paraplegic tends to s- sit a little higher. Um, Matt's pointing to the wall over here because we had a doctor come in here and uh-huh. spend about fifty minutes with us. I was over an hour. Uh, over an hour. Uh, Doctor Bob Spears um, mm-hmm. telling us how the heart works. It was actually fascinating. Yeah, and I, and I don't I don't know what the mechanism that makes blood yeah. pressure a little bit higher, but I mean I I know mine's still sitting in like that normal like I think mine's like one on average one fifteen over seventy. I that's fine. Yeah, one twenty over eighty was the arbitrary number he gave us. Four minutes and how many? I wrote it down. Four minutes and thirty nine seconds into Will of Steel, the documentary about your journey. Mm-hmm. Um, of leg loss and becoming a world-class, the best trainer in the world. Is that you? Yeah, it's a good look for me. I'm wearing, I'm wearing a barbell smooths tank top, the tank top version of this shirt actually, and then some Superman tights. How, how wait, 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 whoa. So we're looking at a photo from Kevin's Instagram. It says I'm back in Colorado, but damn, the Wadapalooza was fun. So this how, is- How this, are your legs bent? Uh, Just from tightness and, and contraction, I guess. Like my, my legs don't really, Lock out completely. So that's it. That's just, that's just them hanging. But that's not yeah. you, like pulling your. Um, there may be a little, um, like um, hip flexor contraction. I'm not supposed to really have a lot of it, but there may be a little bit there. But that's that's it. Do you have yeah. all sorts of rules about your body? I mean, I have a ton of rules about my body, but I mean, a lot of them go out the window if I had a few drinks. <laughs> um. So here's a rope climb event. At Wapalooza this year, like this last January. And mm-hmm. your legs weigh the non-ambulatory part. Of you weighs how much? Ooh, I don't know. Um, I would probably have to guess, like from from waist down, it's probably seventy, like I don't know, fifty to seventy pounds. And, you, was... and you're doing and you're doing the rope climb, legless, yeah, yeah, legless. And and are all the, in, in your category are the other people legless also? Uh, I mean, everyone everyone had to 
Um, so you'll actually see. Like, is that the rule? It has to be a legless rope climb? Or well, you... yeah, most of us can't. Have, it, it, does, it, it does have to be a legless rope climb, but most of us can't use our legs. Um, there's a guy right here, if you see this guy's foot. Mm -hmm. um, he actually is just a single leg amputee at the hip. And so he's in the seated division, but has full use of his right leg. So he's just not allowed to use that right leg. How would he use it? I guess wrap it. I don't know. I like he. Yeah, he like... he struggled with the rope climbs anyway. So like I, I I really didn't get a chance to watch him do his rope climbs that much. Is that um, dangerous having people with no legs, no use of their legs, climb a rope? Is that uh, if it's never been practiced before? Hundred percent. Yeah. I, I I mean this is something. This is something that like. It's like asking if some of the stuff that that like Matt Fraser, Rich Froning do is dangerous for someone who's never done it before. Right? Yeah, prob probably probably shouldn't try to snatch three hundred pounds say, before before you've learned how to snatch. For for most people in CrossFit affiliates, legless rope climb legless rope climbs is kind of a tall order. Yeah, and so like and those pa and those pads aren't very thick. Huh. No, so you had to be really careful. And so they they didn't make us climb the full fifteen. We actually only went up to ten. Um, and being Smart. six three, it means it's pretty short for me to climb. Yeah. Um, it's like a three four pull. Yeah, and so it it was. Um, there's a lot of safety precautions that go on with Wadapalooza um, as far as like pulling the chair in, having the mats down there. They do a pretty good job. At 4.39, I'm watching the movie. Have you seen the movie since you saw it in the theater? I've seen that movie like six times, yeah. All in the theater? No, no. Uh, my, my dad actually really loves the movie. And so like he, he kind of like for some reason has it on every time I come home. Or wow. Has some version of it. Wow. So. Did, you, did you cry the first time you saw it? No. <laughs> Um, the day you were injured, um, my wife who doesn't know you, um, was like following it second by second and she was going around the house like crying and she was, um, um, we're not a, a God faring family. Like we don't go to church or anything, but she was going around the house basically praying, like hoping like the whole situation would go away, Yeah, you know, and she doesn't even know you. And this morning she was like, um, or no, last night I was watching the movie and I paused it at 439 and she goes, are you crying? I'm like, yeah, this is fucking so fucking intense. What at, what's what's at 439? I think that's, that's it. That's it. Yep, yeah, right there. I hit pause. Wham. And I have when when, when your accident occurred, I didn't have kids. And now I have kids. Mm -hmm. And I'm and so it kind of it strikes me as that your dad watches this over and over cuz like Oh, he he was watching live. My fam my family was watching the live stream when I got paralyzed. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I, I think it was, I don't know if my mom was watching. My mom never really liked to watch me compete because she just didn't like to watch me suffer. Right. Uh, but my, I think my dad and my sister were watching on the live feed uh, when it happened. Mm. I remember exactly what I was doing. Have you ever heard your dad express what it's like to have that happen to a child? What happened to you? Um, his, his greatest possession or creation getting oh, I, damaged? I don't, I don't know. I think my little sister is probably his greatest possession. She's way... <laughs> She's the favorite child. <laughs> she's, um, she's cute, by the way. She presents well. <laughs> um, uh, you know, he's talked about it before. He, the, they, my, both my parents said it was it was pretty pretty rough, pretty hard. We were we were really fortunate. Uh, they were really fortunate um, that uh, the the people over at Barbells for Boobs pretty much like took care of him when I first got hurt. You know, kind of got him out to California, showed him around, made sure they're okay, brought him food, stuff like that. They were very very fortunate. They were just so emotionally hobbled. Emotionally, uh, just fucking destroyed. That without Barbara Barbell for boobs, they wouldn't have. They, 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 they probably like I don't just think, crumbled at the airport. Yeah, I think most of us would have. Like, right. not just my parents. Oh yeah. Um, I think I think my whole family probably would have probably um, crumbled pretty hard without without their help. So, do you feel pressure to 
um, do you feel p pressure to overcome this outside, like more pressure from the outside than you do from the inside? Like, holy fuck, I cannot let down my family. I cannot let down my friends. I cannot let down. And then each day you go on and you become more and more this face of this community, um, this legless community. Um, I don't. I don't know if I feel more pressure i definitely feel like for sure i feel pressure i mean i, I think i even talk about it in the movie where I, where I talk about like waking up to the the crossfit community support and feeling like i kind of owed them something for all everything they've done for me so yeah i definitely definitely feel pressure um but i don't think it's i don't think it's a bad thing like i think it's a very good thing it's a good it's a good way to um for me to stay driven and for me to keep keep doing stuff you know like going to an affiliate and having your score written on the board yeah, like like, like it, it sucks it, that you it, take it, last place now and again, but it's, it, it it's gives you a purpose. Pressure. Like it's 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 kind of like. Did you have time to heal though? I mean, it was just so fucking quick. Like, uh, did you have time to emotionally heal, or or do you not even need that? Do you have no. time to reflect, or is it just like fuck it? It's pointless. Um, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm I think I'm pretty good at um, you know, compartmentalizing things. So yeah, I definitely took some time to like mentally mentally heal. Like there's, and I talk about it. So I, I work with Craig Hospital fairly regularly, and I talk about it with the, um, the newly, um, paralyzed patients they work with. And, um, I always tell them like, yeah, like you'll have some really good days where like, you just feel like you're going to crush the world and this is a great situation for you. And like, it doesn't matter that your legs don't work. You're fine. And then other days it's like, you're launching your chair across the room and you're like mm -hmm. sobbing uncontrollably and you're just cussing people out. And like, you just, yeah, you just have those bad days and it's, it's fine. Like those days are kind of necessary and re are required for a little bit of healing and like almost like releasing the pressure valve. Um, is, and what I tell them, as long as like that day doesn't affect the following days, or as long as that episode doesn't affect what's happening, that's positive in your life, it's perfectly healthy and ha like needs to happen for you. So I think, I think for me, um, I didn't do all my mental healing at once. I think it was kind of like push, push myself, have one of those days, let it happen. Like cry, scream, yell, throw things just next day, start pushing again. Is that how most people go through the process of healing? Is it they like day by day like that, or do they hit that point where it's like, okay, I've healed and I'm ready to move on? Um, I think it's different for everyone. I, I think I think for me that's just how I deal with stuff. Mm -hmm. Like keep yourself moving until until something catches up to you, and then deal with it when it does, and then move on. That's a good approach. So it's not mapped out. Per, it's not a perfect science. By that I mean no. like, okay, this is what every brain human brain goes through once it's lost. No, I, I don't think so. I think everyone deals with stuff differently. Like, um, you know, my big thing is I utilize like humor and jokes a lot um, to kind of help me cope with stuff. And there were some people in the hospital that that just use like they were really good about talking about things and like venting their problems and situations. And that's just not like I'd rather make a sarcastic comment about it than than actually actually talk about it you're gonna fit in well on this show you yeah. you've always been like that though before always before yeah. before your accident um my favorite part is of the movies at 1250 um the first time i saw it i was in my living room i paused the movie and i called carrie he didn't answer and i was like celebrating because i'm like fuck you got it <laughs> and that's the part where you throw your i don't know what they're called crutches uh, my my leg braces my uh knee and ankle knee ankle and foot orthotics yeah those um and they're they're pink Yep, and they fucking look like a complete pain in the ass, and um, to see you just like throw them on a snowy day and create more trouble for yourself, like I could really relate. It's like it's like when you punch the hole a hole in the wall, and you're like, oh fuck, now I got to fix that hole. Yeah, you know what I mean. All, it's all, like... all my friends really made fun of that, made fun of me for that part. 
Because I think the next thing I say is like, this is what happens when I get mad. And every single one of my friends turn to me and go, that's not what you fucking do when you get mad. <laughs> Something breaks when you get mad, Kevin. That is not what you do when you get mad. So that was even you tempered? That that was me, yes. Slightly. That was me tempered. That was me trying to control myself from like just snapping things in half. And and what I'm seeing there is um, not that you're pissed. What, what, am I, what am I seeing there? What are you feeling? Uh, it's just probably more or less better described as frustration. Like you're trying to do something and something moves. You're trying to do something and something moves. And then like you, you feel like you're getting forward and then you roll backwards because you didn't quite grab your wheel right or something shifts and you have to grab that so it doesn't fall. And so it's like something that should be as easy as picking up your, your orthotics and rolling or walking into a building becomes this huge struggle of trying to balance things and roll and just frustration. Are those still in your life, those orthotics? Yeah, they're at my gym right now. Is walking still a goal of yours? Uh, I mean, with my own power, like I could take it or leave it. I really don't. I really don't care at this point. Um, but I, yeah, I get I get up and stand. I try to stand like three, like two, three, four times a week. Just better for blood flow. Better for better for bowel movements. Actually, kind of get that stuff flowing. Oh and, really? Uh, yeah, right. it's just better for you to get up and stand. When you um, when you walk in the movie for the first time. Yep. Um, and you, well, when you walk in the movie for the first time, you let it be captured because you're basically hiding it because you want to surprise people. Yeah. How much better do you walk now than than in the movie? Um, it's honestly probably about the same because I don't have the walker you see in the movie is the same one that I have right now. And it's not wide enough for me anymore. So like I really don't fit in between my walker. So it's it's a little bit of a struggle. You barely struggle. fit in this room. <laughs> uh, I feel dwarfed over here. <laughs> Things that I take for granted, like like I'll be watching TV and I'll have to go to the bathroom and I'll jump off the couch. And I was thinking yesterday, is 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 life just significantly more laborious for you? Like everything you do, like walk the dog, take I a piss. I wouldn't say laborious. I would say uh, uh, it, it has taught me patience. Uh huh. It's taught me a, this accident has taught me a ton of patience because things just like I wouldn't say they're more laborious because I don't think they're really that that much more difficult per se um or laboring i just think it just takes a little bit longer so i just have to be patient with stuff like i can't i can't just expect things to be let, happening let, now let, let me put it this way so you're in your house yeah you go to your car throw your chair in the back of the car you get in the car you start your car and you're like oh shit i forgot blah 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 yeah that's a pain in the ass for me i just run back in the house and yeah. i'm frustrated you you have to go there's like a couple more steps, right? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a couple more steps. And it's one of those things, like, it, it takes a lot of planning. So, like, everything, I pretty much kind of plan everything out yeah. before I leave the house or do anything. Um, and then I, I always get made fun of, too, because I overpack or overprepare. Like, my, my backpack that's... Your backpack is large and it's in charge. It's large. And, yes. it, and yeah. like, if, if, it. if the zombie apocalypse happens right now, I have everything in there I need to survive. How, um, how, how you're 6'3", 2... 6'3", like 220. Yeah, and um, your backpack is so big, you look like one of those little Asian kids who has like <laughs> seven years old, and his parents have loaded him down with like all the books from Kumon. And yeah, like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. Um, do you remember the day? Do you remember that? Tell, walk me through that competition where your accident occurred. Like, like. <coughs> Excuse me. Why did you enter that competition? Um, you know that was one of the biggest competitions back then. That's like when all the that's where all the games athletes or games hopefuls would go to kind of test mm -hmm. test where you're at at that point in time. I guess like right in January before the open hit, and really trying to figure out where your hole or where your weaknesses were and where your holes were in your fitness going into the open. And uh, it was my second year doing it, and um, it, I mean, there's also the chance of winning money when you're out there. Um, 
So, you know, I had a bunch of friends doing it. I had my training partner at the time doing it. And so we, you know, it, was, it wasn't a big deal to go compete. Who was the best guy in the competition that year? Like, uh, like I, when think, I think Ben Gerard won it that year. He did? Yeah. No yeah. way. Wow. wow. And, he, and I wonder if that's the year he went to the games. It is. It is. Okay. And who, el- who else was 14, there? Was 14, who else was right? there? Uh, like Marcus Philly was there. Okay. Um, a bunch, a of, bunch so- of regional competitors like Quika Henderson. There was uh, a bunch of SoCal guys. Probably, right? Tons of SoCal, was SoCal Garrett, guys. Was Garrett Fisher there? Um, I, think I think Garrett was there. I know Kenny Leverich was there. Oh, yeah. I know uh, Ryan Fisher was there. Okay. So big, big. Big names. Yeah. yeah okay. So you go there. And it's day one. Yeah. And is that did, did actually? It actually happened day three. So it was a final day. Okay. So 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 going in. So how was day one? Um, I didn't do as well as I had hoped. I remember like like this. We had a swim event, and I was I'm a former swimmer, so like swim like being in the water is kind of a happy place for me. So I was I thought I was gonna crush it, but they also threw burpees in, and I'm six three, which means that I had. Mm. I didn't do as well in the swim as I wanted to. Uh, Burpees, kind of, Krypton for the for the big man. Yeah. No, no. What is that? What is not Krypton? What's yeah, Kryptonite. 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 Yeah, 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 that stuff. Yep. Um, From Krypton. Yeah, it, it's radioactive pieces of the world. <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not a big fan either, and I'm not a large guy. Kyle, I love Kyle, a burpee. Nerd. Um, <laughs> so, so, so you have some. You're not happy with the not, water. Not happy. Bur- okay. Well, not happy with how I finished. Um, didn't do as well as I had hoped. Um, kind of started trying to fight my way back from there. Um, day two went a little better, a little bit better for me. Um, uh, day three actually was kind of kind of my day to kind of catch some stuff up. Um, there was a, a three mile run, loaded run, which oddly enough for being a big guy I was pretty good at running. Yeah, and like seventy pounds to one hundred forty pounds wasn't a whole was a big deal for me. Well, that's a lot for you know <laughs> smaller guys. Exactly. Yeah, and so was actually feeling pretty good. And um, the event I actually got paralyzed on was probably mine to take. Like there weren't too many guys in that competition at the time that could probably outlift me um, mm-hmm. regularly. Um, and so like having it be a three rep max snatch, and I think a, a, a max back squat, and then a, a, a some other. You were definitely going to be Ben. Yeah, I, I would I mean I definitely would have been. Um, definitely would have been. I, I would wager probably top five or top three on that event for sure. Um, and so and so I kind of I was actually really pumped for when I saw it announced. I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, this is going to be good for me. And so is it? It's a it's a morning event. Uh, it was the afternoon. I think it was at two o'clock. And yes. was it your first event of the day? No, we did the three mile run before that. Okay, so you walk me through. You everyone's lined up. Everyone goes all at once. There's different. Oh no, heats. there's there's heats, and I think I was in one of the final heats on that one. Um, That's good news, right? That means you were doing well in the competition. I think I was. Uh, you'd have to check me on this, but I think it was like top twelve at the time. Okay, um, that means he was in twelfth. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for the clarification. Well, I could have been 11th. I don't remember if I was 11th or 12th, right, right. but let's be safe. All right, all right, all right. Um, and uh, I was actually warming up in the back. It actually, So I got the weight that I was lifting when I got paralyzed was 235, and it actually just hit 245 for a triple in the back really easily because um, that's what I was going to try. I was either going to open with that or 250 mm-hmm. um, at the time. And then um, going out, I was informed that no one had snatched over 225 for a triple and I was like well why would I why would I not just go down to 235 take that take that and save my energy for everything else and so I actually dropped down the weight I was going to use by like 10 pounds wow and is that the origin of the slip that you you had too much oomph in it no the origin of the slip is that the the um for one if you guys actually watch any of those videos go back and watch them the platforms weren't level Mm. so they're slanted backwards like this yeah Okay. And so I, when I went to go snatch, um, 
I, I mean, I, I guess I could have overpulled it, but I don't think I did. I actually think I hit it pretty well. And then uh, just because of the slant, it kind of put me back on my heels a little too much. And I remember actually thinking, like, you could stand up with this, but you're going to you're gonna dislocate your elbow if you do. So just drop it. It's 235. What are you – like, it's it's not heavy. You had that thought. Mm-hmm. It, it's ironic because I was like, don't hurt yourself. Just drop the bar. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Wow. Um, and so then when I went to go try to like drop backwards and jump out of the way, like I didn't get my momentum moving forward enough. Um, and, um, the bar actually hits my left shoulder on the way down and then ricochets off the plates behind me and hits me. You remember that or you see it in the footage? Uh, I remember the bar hitting, hitting me that wasn't, I remember it hitting me on the way down, mm-hmm. but I remembered it wasn't my spine. Like right. it, it didn't hit my back. Right. Um, and then, uh, then I remember, I distinctly remember the second hit. And did you hear it hit something behind you? Uh, it happened too fast for me to hear it hit something behind you. I just remember, remember feeling something like hit me in the back and just everything, every nerve in my body just went completely on fire. And you, f- it, and you felt that? Every, yeah, I, I didn't pass. Like, I think a lot of people think that I passed out or like I went unconscious. I, I was conscious until they put me under for my CT scan. Holy shit. Jesus. So, so I, I remember, I remember the ambulance ride. I remember the bumps. I remember like them trying to take my shoes off. I remember them trying to move me around, and uh, my friend Shannon like keeping them from moving me. Can you talk? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was talking and screaming and oh, yelling God. and, and um, all of that stuff. Yeah, for sure. And but it was just on fire. That it, was it, the it felt yeah. like someone had dumped gasoline on me and just lit me on fire. Oh. And does the competition stop? It did until they got me out of there. Yeah. And so, uh, how long does that take? Um, I don't remember the exact time frame. I, what I've been told is like it took fifteen to twenty-ish minutes for them to get um, an ambulance to me or a stretcher to me. But it could have been three. It could have been five. It could have been fifteen. I'm I don't know. This is just what I was told. Mm-hmm. And and um, in the movie it says you didn't have insurance. I didn't. When did you have insurance previous to that? Prior the month to that? before that. No shit. Are you uh, kidding me? Of course. So the, the, the whole story behind that is um, uh, a month before I got hurt, I actually put one of my dogs down. Um, he was like 13, 14 years old, and I had just spent thousands of dollars trying to save his life. And uh, again, more irony here for you guys. Um, I actually let my insurance lapse so I could pay for the one last treatment for my dog. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, my fiance was like, yeah, you know, you're going to compete. You probably should have insurance. And I remember distinctly telling her what's the worst that can happen in one month without insurance so how old are you at the time 28 oh wow i was gonna say spoken like a good 24 year old but 28 i guess 28 i was still pretty blase about my insurance yeah Uh, Yeah. do you have insurance now yes are there any issues getting insurance for you i mean it's not only just getting it but also i mean it's very expensive um i i pay out of pocket because i i'm actually not considered disabled by the state that I live in because um, I refuse to be on like SSI and SSDI and stuff like that. So what's, I pay, what's that with SSI? Like, like, SS, like Social Security, for, like disability. Okay. Like um, basically getting disability checks and um, getting like Medicaid and Medicare type stuff. So if you want to be classified as disabled, you have to be collecting those? Uh, that's how it basically cla- classify you as, yeah. Wow. But then you're only allowed to earn up, up to upwards, I think like fifteen or $1,800 a month. Oh, so you have to rely on that primarily yeah for... yeah you really end up can't you end up you can't really end up working um it's kind of a crappy system um but now it's not just getting it which is it is more expensive i pay a fairly high premium but it, i was also like getting them to cover necessities i have a huge battle going on to get my insurance company to cover 
basic basic medical things for me, like catheters, because they claim they're not necessary. Huh. And I was like, well, unless you just want me to like have like my kid complete kidney failure, then I think I think I need to be able to pee. So so at all times you have a catheter on? No, no. no. I, I do some uh, like in most like a lot of CDS would do something called intermittent cathing. So I I have catheters sitting on that bag over there, and I'll roll roll to the bathroom and I'll actually just insert a catheter and pee and then take the catheter out the right way. And where's the blood, the pee goes in the toilet? Um, I have a closed system, so mine goes into a bag and then I can dump the bag out. Was that hard to be able to start doing that? It's awkward to start jamming stuff into your pee hole. Uh huh. It's really weird. I mean, you can't feel it, so which which is kind of nice, right? Uh, Do you ever injure it? <laughs> you can. I, I haven't, but you can. Yeah, you can. You can nick your urethra. You're real gentle. Always. <laughs> and and you put and you lube it up. Yeah. Have you had anything stuck in your um, in the tip of your penis ever? Not that I can remember. Have you, Eric? Never. Oh, I have. A few have you? Times. Okay, I was coming. I was coming right back at you with that one. <laughs> oh. Was it self-administered or no? No. 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 Just um, uh, medical shit. Just yeah. yeah just swabs and um, I've I had a mm. uh, catheter before. Yeah. Um, but um, and I remember uh, mm. when I was a kid, I was I, I had a traumatic some traumatic brain injury. And I was in the hospital for two weeks, and every time you peed, it fucking hurt. That thing just sits in you. It lived. Mine lived in me. Yeah, fully catheter. Yeah. Yeah, and it was. Um, you can feel it up in your stomach. Oh god, I'm just imagining something going in my urethra right now. And it's, Do, uh, so you lube it up. Uh, mine, mine come. Like, so I have a. I, I have what's called like a speedy compact. So mine, like, there's these little blue sticks, and they come apart, and they telescope out, and they come pre-lubed, and um, it's it's. I like them because they're more sterile, so you're less likely to get like a UTI with them. Right. But yet, I've had one of those too. Have you had that? Nope. Oh, good news is they just give you one shot in the ass of some crazy <laughs> antibiotics, and it just oh, it, nukes that. The shit. It, it, it becomes a real big problem for for paraplegics. UTIs UTIs can actually um, can kill you at certain points because we can't really we don't get that first feeling or, or like that mm. that feeling at all. And so, oh, you're it, right. For it, me, it was like peeing glass. Yeah, and so for us, of glass, for us, yeah. you just start. It, it, there's a whole bunch of things, but they, they give you to look for. Like your pee starts smelling weird. Like you start like having super high blood pressure. You can go into something called autonomic dysreflexia. Um, Matt lives in that stage. I'm just, I'm like self-diagnosing myself with everything you're saying right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm so, like, God, I need to go to the doctor. Right after like you this. get headaches. You, you like. You would pee blood though. You can see your urine, yeah, right? But at that point, like you may have something that's going to be as much of an infection as anything else. Talk to so. me more about the smell. What's the smell? I don't, I've never had one, so I don't know. Mm. They just tell you that you know, like once oh, you have one, like one of those, you know. Isn't it amazing? You can eat asparagus and like you can be there eating it at dinner, and then like 15 minutes later, you go up and take a piss, and it smells already smells like. Isn't that amazing? It gets me every time. Do you every like that time. smell? Um, well, you're assuming that I have it, right? Doesn't no it? asparagus not, smell? Do you eat asparagus? Yeah, but not everybody gets the smell. Shut the fuck up. Everyone gets the smell. Verify it, Eric. Okay. Yeah, I am not you, alone on this. You are so full of shit. I, do you I, like the smell? I think their smell surprises me because yeah. I forget that like it, it's happy and all of a sudden I'm like, what is that? And then it's, it's my pee. It's that. the same thing with beets. You know, when you eat beets yes. and it's red, you're like, or like off colored, you're like, ah. oh, that's right. I hate beets. Yeah. I think there's something really gratifying. Once again, I'll go back to being a parent. The best thing about being a parent is every time your kid well, eats. Well, it's being confirmed by WebMD. That it does, everyone smells. Can yeah. everyone smell asparagus urine? Oh. I, ref mm. I refuse to look. I refuse to read that. It sort of is, uh, um, defecation is sort of like the fundamental 
um, it's the cornerstone that everything's okay. You're eating, yeah. you know, and you're defecating. Like, you know, if you're, you know, when your dog was sick, the first thing they ask is like, you're like, is my dog going to die? And he goes, is he eating? And if you say no, they're like, yeah, he's going to die. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so you, you get transported to the hospital. Mm-hmm. You're conscious the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any thoughts where besides you're angry? I don't know if I was angry. I was probably really scared. Scared. More scared than I think angry. Like I, I kind of knew something was wrong. Like when you can't feel your legs or move them and mm-hmm. you're used to being a, at least decently athletic person, it, it gets kind of, gets kind of scary. Quickly. Very quickly. Um, and you start getting crazy anxiety. Oh yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure I was like, it, mostly it was just incredibly painful. So I think that was the, in the forefront of my mind, but yeah, definitely some anxiety, some fear. Did they, did anyone there like, um, give you like four Tylenol or they can't they don't know what's going on so they can't exacerbate the problem so they can't give you any drugs so you get into the ambulance yes you're in total pain mm-hmm. and walk me through that they take you uh, luck- luckily uh, my friend that was with me is it was a uh, was a fire medic EMT and so she she got to come with me um, and so she was my, she was in the ambulance with me they drive me there and then still no pain relief none um, mm. I think if I remember properly, and I, I may not, so you might have to ask um, uh, Shannon, who was with me. Um, I, I I think I remember telling like they wanted to s- scan to see what was going on before they gave me anything. And I I'm also cl- I think being a bigger guy, I'm slightly claustrophobic. I don't I don't do well with like MRI tubes. Oh yes, yeah, I'm not afraid um, either. And so being already anxious and pretty freaked out, they're like, "Well, we have to scan you." I'm like, "You better put me under." And they're like, well, we can't. I'm like, well, that, then you're not getting me in that tube. <laughs> so that's that's really kind of the last thing I. And then they remember. did it. Yeah, well, I, I guess. What, yeah. What was what position was your body? Were you laying down flat? I don't remember. Probably. I mean, I, I know I was on my back for sure because they didn't want to move me around. Yeah. And what? No, did it at that point had anyone asked for your insurance card? Had you yelled, "I don't have fucking insurance" or anything like that come <laughs> out of your mouth? I don't think so. I don't think they had asked yet. So it's such, just, such an emergency situation. Like ERs can't turn your way, so they can't. Mm-mm. Since you've had since the accident, how many times have you gone into this detail about the story? Is this once a week for you? Oh, not once a week. It, I mean, it, it, it's happened. I, mean, I don't actually I don't know if I've talked about like the ride to the um, hospital before. I think that I think that's new. All right, all right, cool. Um, usually, <laughs> usually it's more or less people asking me like, what happened with the barbell? They want to know what what I think happened. They want to know about like surgeries and stuff like that. But I don't mm-hmm. think I've ever actually talked to the ambu- about the ambulance ride. So you're you're the spine broke yeah and there's a cord in the spine yes and off of that cord is what animates us as human beings yes like all the electrical circuitry mm-hmm. and shit and when your spine broke the cord broke also the cord severed completely and it was like someone took a knife and just like cut through a cable and what cut it one of your vertebrae um so the barbell actually hit if you're looking at um, someone's vertebrae. You so have, you have very the, large forms, by the way. Thank very, you. Very thank nice you. forms. Um, so you have the uh, vertebral body, and then you have the disc in between. Mm-hmm. And that disc is the cushion between the two. The barbell hit me at just the right angle from the side that actually hit across the disc and just tore it, tore it across. Wow. Was the vertebrae damaged? The only fracture I have in my vertebrae, and actually you guys saw the, the picture of a spine on there, was actually mine. That was, that was the picture of my um, spine. You posted it? 
Um, or was it just in Google Images? You looked up broken spine. I don't know. Wh- like, I don't know why you, I saw it pop up there. I don't know why it was there. Oh, it was it was in the film when you yeah, were oh, in the film. during okay. the preview. Okay. Um, actually, I have it on my phone. Um, so basically, the barbell hit me. So you can see you have this, and then you have kind of the overlapping bodies. And so the only thing that actually broke on mine was the um, uh, the bony pro- uh, process that connects vertebrae to vertebrae. Okay. And so it, it, it just kind of snapped with, when the vertebrae moved, but my the rest of my vertebrae were 100, 100% intact, like no actual fracturing. And they, to this day, when the cord breaks, does does it coil back in? Does it climb up? Is, is there is it under tension? Are they still close to each other? I mean, there's like they're aligned right now. They are. Yeah. But the, there's just no signaling going through. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like there's a, a blockage right there. It's like and, when you cut an electrical cord, right? And just what is the out. distance between them? Right now, what it normally is, like they put it back to where it was. So, yeah, probably, probably like that. Like they're actually probably touching, like kissing. Yeah. And I can't see the cord in that picture. So the cord is, you can't see the cord, but you can. This, like, this is the the vertebrae. Mm-hmm. That's the little bony prominence. So if you're looking at a spine from here, you have the little bony prominence that comes down. So that's the thing that actually fractured. So you're looking at a cross section of me. Um, so they so, just pushed that back. Yeah, well, sort of. They gently pulled it back into place. So they actually had to go through, um, I had to do what's called a thoracotomy. So I have, a, I have scarring over here. They actually had to cut me open over here, like dislocate my ribs, pull out my organs, deflate my lung, and go into the top and kind of push it back in line. And then kind of like stuff me back together like the sca- scarecrow and hope to God I survived. How big is the scar? Uh, it's not it's not huge on this side. It's pretty small. I have a tattoo over it now. Oh, yeah. Let me see. That's like maybe an inch. Oh, yeah. Damn. Did you get that tattoo placed right beneath that? Uh, on top of it, yeah. On top of it. Yeah, so the, the 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 one above that is actually from a chest tube. The one that's over is the insertion point for the surgery and then I have a mm. scar running up the length of my spine. Wow. What does that mean um deflate your lung? They had like you had like puncture my lung and take all the blood out of it. Basically, yeah. It, are both your lungs working okay? Mm-hmm. So this, this um, one of the articles I read is that you had an eighty-five percent chance of not coming out of the surgery. Yeah, they told me at at, uh, at best I probably had an eighteen percent chance of survival, but closer probably to like ten. What if they wouldn't have done the surgery? I would have died. You would have died. One hundred percent. No, no chance of survival. And why is that? Uh, shock. Uh, part of it's shock. Part of it's the body kind of like trying to fight to get itself back to where it is. Um, probably part of it is like um that that severing without it being in place kind of screws your cns and cns is <clears throat> uh central nervous system it's like the body can only put up with so much yeah <clears throat> holy shit wow. did you at any point think that you were um uh that you could die oh yeah they, they told me i was going to the doctor came in right before my first surgery and told me to, to talk to anyone i wanted to and call anyone i wanted to right now because i probably wasn't coming back from the surgery Holy shit! Is he allowed to tell you that? He has to by law. He can't. He can't. He has to tell you by law um, oh. if if there's a severe chance of you dying. Like, it, like did you start chance... crying? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Who did you sure. call? Um, I would start crying. I want to start crying now. Mm. Well, like my most of my family, like most my my brother, sister, and like mom and dad were all either on their way or there. Uh, Jess was there. A bunch of my really good friends were already there, and so. Uh, I think I called uh, my two friends, uh, both named Nate, hmm. um, and then my just cousin, to save money on the call. 
Well, no, I called them both separately. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to ring you in here. <laughs> uh, called my cousin David. I think I called a few more other, for a few other people in my family that I was that I'm fairly close to, and just kind of started like going on a list and calling people I thought we should know. You know. Uh, um. So not only is the accident life altering because of how you traverse the planet, mm-hmm. but you had a you had to face a near death experience. Yeah, so it was a consciously fifteen to eighteen percent chance of surviving the first surgery, and then if I survived that, I think it jumped up to like a thirty or forty percent chance of the second surgery, and then um, any like probably over fifty percent at that point. That thirty sounds great compared to ten. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> and, and meaning that um, they could, no matter what they did, it's not that they were going to botch the surgery, but just that hey, your body just might have ter- so, given up already, thrown in the towel. So the initial surgery, um, you lose. Um, so much you lose like they're, they're you're we're wide open your organs are literally sitting next to you uh-huh. and there it was a nine-hour surgery so if you can imagine that big of an open wound just gushing gushing blood like you lose so much blood that your body generally just kind of kind of craps out and then if they aren't they giving you more blood like yeah i, do, I got trans, i got transfusions but they really can't like i mean i don't know how they actually did it but i don't think they're just like pumping blood into you as it's spurting out of you um but then even if they do that well and quickly if they mess up on realigning the spine or something happens and my body goes back into shock like you're dead. Does any part, <clears throat> does any part of you want to be 179? 179? Yeah, 179. How much do you weigh now? 220. Yeah, does any part of you just be like, oh, fuck, this would be so much easier if I was 40 pounds less? For the surgery or for like No, just right like now? right now. I'm, switch, I'm switching. Oh, subjects. sorry. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, Will you ever go back down to that weight? I probably I don't know if I can physically get down to one seventy nine. Okay, one eighty nine. I mean, I'll probably like once once I'm kind of through chasing the Paralympic stuff or bench press, like I'll I'll probably just go back to eating normally and see where my body wants to settle. My body's always kind of just liked being around like two ten. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some footage of you in the beginning of the movie um, with your shirt off and you're fucking ripped. You have an amazing, beautiful body. If mm-hmm. I could do that. I would do that. I wouldn't do, I mean, not that you look bad, but you're fucking gigantic. Yeah. It seems like a lot of work carrying yourself around. It can be, but you got to remember in that picture, like it was because I was so malnourished. Like I dropped down to 155 pounds for an athlete who's six, three in the hospital. I was, Oh no. I mean, prior to the hospital. Oh yeah. I was, I was like 215 in that photo. It's just like, it just shows you working out with your shirt off. Yeah. You're 215 at 2012 regionals. Yeah. Wow. 210, 215. Uh, so, um, sorry, I wasn't saying you look beautiful in the hospital. Did you say you weighed 155 <laughs> in the hospital? Yeah. Holy shit, that's less than me. I looked like I looked like Skeletor. Wow. I couldn't eat anything. Like I couldn't fit. Like I would eat like two bites of like an iceberg lettuce salad and be so f- so full. I thought I was gonna throw up. Did you throw up a lot in the hospital? I, I yeah, I don't throw up. I'm not, oh. a puke. I'm not a puker either. I, I, yeah, I just don't puke. There's a there's a shot. There's a you narrating a section of the movie, and it's basically saying that you you wanted to get away from the um like the I don't know what they're called Nautilus machines or the machines with that you have to put the pegs. Yeah. In. And you wanted to get away from it, and the doctor basically told you, or the rehab guy told you, hey, um, as soon as you can do the stack a few times, we'll get you back to doing your normal CrossFit shit. And it shows you doing a the pull down lat. And you don't look like you're 155. Your arms look huge still. Uh, at that point in time, I think I had gotten back up to like 165 or 170. Okay. So you were on the rebound. Yeah. I mean, I was only 155 for maybe like a few days. Were that you tripping? The lowest. Huh? Were, were you tripping? Like hallucinating? No, not that kind of tripping. <laughs> like, did you like, did you look at your body at 155 and you're like, what the fuck? Like, when's the last time you weighed 155 before that? 
sixth grade? Uh, yeah, like probably, <laughs> probably, like, probably like fifth or sixth grade. Yeah. Um, I, I it freaked me out. Like I didn't, I didn't like it. I've always jokingly said that, uh, you know, if, if abs on a skinny guy don't mean anything. So, like I, I was definitely freaking out about like how how I knew I was eating poorly. I knew I couldn't. I knew I wasn't eating well. Um, the good news is like all my like health numbers were, cr- were like I was crushing it there, <clears throat> which was kind of funny because you know I lost so much blood. They expected me to be like super anemic and um, have a super low red blood cell count until I got out of, out of the hospital. And my numbers, by the time I got back to Craig, like a weekend at Craig, my numbers were almost normal again. You were three weeks in the hospital. Uh, I was spent two weeks in L- in um in the hospital in California, mm-hmm. and then I spent six weeks at Craig Hospital in, in Colorado. How did they move you? Uh, like a flight for life. Oh, re- yeah. no shit! Like one of those little tiny Learjet things. Oh, that's cool. Not really. It was terrifying. Oh, <laughs> uh, remember, I was, I was, I'm very claustrophobic. Like, I'm decently claustrophobic. Yeah. I don't, I don't like being stuck in an area. And so they had me laying on on my back, like on a bench, and the ceiling above me was maybe this uh, high. So oh. like, it, it was literally a couple. No, thank in you. the airplane. In the airplane. So it may have been like a few, like maybe at most a foot away from my chest and face, and I couldn't. Like when I say I couldn't move, I spent the entire flight from. California to Colorado in this position. I wasn't allowed to move my arms. I wasn't allowed to move anything. Like I was literally strapped in like a, like a mummy that entire flight. Oh, that sounds horrible. It was horrible. There wasn't even drink cart service or like a little snack. No, they wouldn't even give me anything. It was horrible. Bullshit. What was your, what's your worst um, accident besides this prior to this? Had you already broken bones or do you have any? Um, never really broke any bones. Uh, the, actually the thoracotomy was my first surgery in my entire life. Um, you know, I, I played rugby for an extended period of time. And so, I mean, I, I had, a uh, had a complete tear of my MCL, partial tear of the ACL in the game. Um, no, I permanent, no surgery on it, no surgery. I had permanent separations in both my, both my shoulders for the AC joint, um, from tor- rugby, from rugby. It's kind um, of business as usual for rugby players though, right? Uh, AC joint separations. Yeah. yeah. Kind of. Um, and then I, I mean, I tore all, I tore a bunch of the muscles in my, like this shoulder, so I won't much scar tissue from one of the separations. But that was, um, got knocked unconscious a few times. I had a cleat put through the back of my head. Maybe that was the worst one. Um, did that knock you out? Yeah, it knocked me out cold. <laughs> More rugby. Yeah. Well, actually, I was already knocked out, and then the guy put the cleat through my head. Just uh, he couldn't slow down. No, he stomped the back of my head. Oh shit! So did you, did you wear a helmet? Steel cleat? Uh, no, they're rubber cleats. So it was um. We was we were playing a game up in uh, Truman State when I was playing for Mizzou, and uh, it was five meter knock. So they kind of did like basically a tap and go, and I was this big guy. And they're like, "Here, we're gonna tap the ball and give it to you, and you just run." Mm-hmm. Um, and being that I'm very Polish, I just kind of put my head down and tried to crash through. Um, I didn't know they had kind of bound up on the try line, which is wildly illegal. And um, so when I hit them, I hit them head first with my shoulder and separated this shoulder and knocked myself unconscious. And so I went down. I kind of crumpled onto the ball. And in rugby, once you go, if you get tackled, you're supposed to place the ball backwards in a timely manner. And if you don't, some people will do something called raking, where they take their cleats, they step on you, and they rake backwards to try to tell you, like, hey, let go of the ball, jackass. And so one of the guys just kind of raked you. Well, he stomped me. He stomped the back of my head. Just so happened to the back of your head. A stomp and rake. Mizzou, isn't that where Brooke Wells goes? Yeah, she goes. uh, So her her gym owner. uh, What state is is that? Missouri. Okay. Her her gym owner is, <laughs> is uh, my former rugby teammate. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. 
So uh, Tyler lastly owns uh, CrossFit Fringe, and we played rugby together for you. I actually got him into CrossFit. What happened to Brooke? What happened to Brooke? Is, is, is her promise to win the games over? I don't think so. I think I she, mean not she, that she made the promise, but like does she have no hope to win the game? No, she, she still does. For she sure. does. Yeah, she she's she's a badass. She just had a like everyone has a bad event, bad year, bad whatever. You know, something changes. You try to change stuff, and it doesn't work out for you. She's killing it right now. And I saw a picture of her that you with her on Instagram. Did you train with her? Uh, she she she'll she'll stop by my gym sometimes when she's out in town. And is it where's home for you? I live in Denver, Colorado. Okay. Oh, and I saw pictures on her Instagram of her there. Yeah. Do you know Matt Bickle, the guy we had in here? Uh, big marijuana cultivator, crossfitter, <laughs> weighed 450 pounds. Now he's oh yeah, 268. Yeah. Uh-huh. Big personality yeah. guy. Yeah. I love it. He is a big marijuana cultivator. Did yeah. you know that? I did not know that. Yeah. yeah, like one of the biggest. Oh, one of the most successful too. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, he had, does he come to your gym? No, no. Okay. I mean, he can if he wants to. Like we're we're right there. So the adaptive athlete seminar. Yeah, is that what it's called? Uh, CrossFit Specialty Course Adaptive Training. Full name. Is there a who should take that, and is there really a market for it? I mean, how many people are there that really need um, need that service? How so I'll, I'll answer this one at a time. So it is it is literally for anyone. So we actually do a really good job, I feel, and maybe I'm biased, but I think we do a really good job of, of making the course not just for people who want to train adaptive athletes, but for adaptive athletes themselves. And so you can kind of get as much out of it as you as you want. Um, yeah, click a follow. What what the shit, guys? There we go. There we go. <laughs> can't trust him. you know what i'm out of here <laughs> no it's it's literally literally we try to make it so anyone can come there and either become a better uh, coach for adaptive athletes or become a better self-advocate as an adaptive athlete um and there is there's a hundred hundred percent uh, a market out there for it for it um last year and for uh, there was so chris Dautenberg does the wheel wide open every year in fact we're doing it this year where we we take the crossfit open and we adapt it for um, adaptive athletes and, cool. and then we compete online with each other to kind of like get in the open I mean I'm signed up for the open anyway because I want I want I want one rep I got one rep two years ago as an RX athlete and I want it again uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and so I'm signed up for, for the CrossFit open but I'm also signed up for the wheel wide open um, and so I think last year we had 170 athletes signed up for it um, do you have a problem with people cheating no <laughs> checking yes of course we do oh um, <laughs> And so, I mean, you think about. Let's talk about cheaters after this. That's fucking annoying. That's 170 athletes that that are aware enough to actually be in the wheel wide open. Right. I mean, we at, at my like these guys. Yeah. So at, at my gym alone, like this, this is Wadapalooza this year. Like that's that's just the people who qualified and made it down to Wadapalooza. Um, and and here's the big thing is that we don't not only talk about like uh, we'll talk about in the course like impairment, the difference between impairments and limitations and how they're connected. We also talk about what we would consider like a permanent impairment, like mine's a permanent impairment, opposed to like a temporary impairment. Oh, okay. Uh, and, and the risk reward there and how to deal with it. So you can also not only learn how to coach and train adaptive athletes, because it's not a it's not an if, it's a when you have an adaptive athlete coming to your gym. Mm-hmm. You know, and you don't want to be like, okay, well, I don't know what I'm doing, so get out. Because now you just cost that person a chance of happy and healthy. So if you're so, a coach and you had a client who was just in a rugby accident and went unconscious. Yeah. You should modify his training. He shouldn't just go full bore back in. You'll learn, you'll learn how to deal with that in their seminar. Yeah. You have a 15 year old kid who's been training at your gym, and he comes in with a broken arm. You'll 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 get some insight on how to how to work with him 
best practices on how to work with them and actually communicate with them um, that, that what you're doing is best for them. So what you will learn in that seminar is not something to a specialty population that's like permanently like that, but a situation that every single human being in CrossFitter will go through because we all go through eventually, something. Yeah. I mean, you'll eventually go through something that forces you to work around an injury in training. You, whether you, what, what I'll tell you is that like I, I've always felt this way. I feel like what you need to train athletes within CrossFit is given to you at the level one, level two. Like if you go through those two things, like everything you would ever actually need to like know as far as like training is concerned is there, all right? Um, but what we do is we, we give you information about specialty groups as far as like equipment and, and best practices and, and just give you a, a roadmap of mindset of how to use that information in this course. Do you guys use the word disabled? I mean, I do. Um, I, I, of course, I'm, I'm a little loose with it. I, I feel like if you get offended by a word, um, then you're giving that word the power to, to kind of control you. So I, I regularly call myself a cripple and I jokingly call her like I program a, a like a seated RX and I'll jokingly with my seated athletes call it the cripple wad. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I feel like if, if you can't laugh at it and if you can't like understand that that's just a word and it doesn't have to define like what, what other people define it as doesn't have to be what you define it as. But I mean, is there a, pro- is there a proper like, um, like what's the, what's the course called? Adaptive. Yeah. Is that the word? A lot, is people, adaptive a, lot of, the word? a lot of people will call it like adaptive training, adaptive athletes. Okay. Um, I know, I know there are some people who don't like the word disabled or handicapped, but I, I just feel like I'd rather you guys be honest and call me what you, cause the first word out of your mouth is probably what you mean to be the best version of it. Right. Yeah. And so the intent is good. Right. I'd rather you be honest and have the, have proper intent than like sit there and be scared of talking to me because you're worried about offending me. Adaptive to me also sounds old. So does handicapped. I don't like it. It reminds me of like, I don't mean, no, no. I mean, I mean like Disneyland. I mean like, like I almost like, like I'm, I'm bordering on adaptive athlete. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, we would just call you a scale back. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Right. So we actually go over that in the course, like the difference, like our I mean, difference I'm being between serious. adaptive. I mean, it sounds funny, but I'm being yeah. serious. Like... We actually go over in the course the difference between like considering someone an adaptive athlete or adapting for an athlete and scaling for an athlete because they're, okay. definitely, they're definitely not uh, okay. the same thing. Okay, okay, good. In my mind, they were. Okay. Yeah, no, they're definitely not the same thing. And so it's, it's one of those things like you can, you can have an adaptive RX for anyone. Like whatever that person's RX is, is that person's RX. And then you can upscale and downscale for them or for that population based on what what's your population you're working with. Mm. So like we I like I said I have a seated RX that we program at our gym. Like it's not just like hey there's a workout on the board we're going to scale all these things for you. Like, Are there no, any like, other seated athletes at your gym? Yeah. How many? Oh, in and out we'll probably have anywhere between like 10 to 15. Oh wow. Um, so do people kind of flock to your gym like hey this is this is the guy in the CrossFit community uh, without we legs? we've been called the adaptive CrossFit gym in the area. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. I mean um, Craig Hospital brings like once a month, Craig Hospital brings new patients over to my gym to learn about fitness after injury. So that's going to be anywhere from like 10 to like 20 some odd uh, seated athletes. Do you do all the coaching yourself? With that kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. No, my other coaches help. My other coaches are, are very, very good at working with adaptive athletes. They've been doing it for years now. Um, I work directly with them. They're very, very smart about it. Um, and then I also bring in some of my seated athletes to work with um, with some of our other. That's, that's Dan. He's one of our seated athletes. That's um, that's Megan John. If you guys remember her, she's a five times regional competitor. She's my she's my jokingly I call her my boss. Megan, what's up, girl? Um, you do the pegboard. I done the pegboard. I don't let my seated athletes do it yet. Um, we're getting. I'm trying to build. How about a, you? I've done it, but don't don't tell them. Oh, um, you know, like during the off hours, you will do, do pegboard. We can, we can edit that out. Eh? Um, and so I want to get a belay system up there so we can actually hook them into like a climbing harness so we don't have to worry about them falling. Oh, that's clever. You're at the mall. 
Yeah. Rolling along. I would never go to the mall. That okay. sounds horrible. Okay. <laughs> you're at the airport. Do they exist yeah. anymore? And you're rolling down Terminal <laughs> C, and you see someone else uh, in a chair. Is it like? Yeah, it's like seeing someone with nanos. Okay. Or it's like two black guys in Santa Cruz. <laughs> He just, he I'm just not from all, California, so you get sure. all sorts of mileage. Out there's of none. One. There's, I mean, it's like we got Haynes, the guy who um, yeah. runs games publishing, and that's it. He's like, um, it's the whitest town in America. So it is like that. Yeah, for sure. And is it is it uh, every time? Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. Is it like, um, is it different if you see someone who's 80 in a wheelchair versus um, someone who's 25? 25, you have something in common. 80, you're kind of like, okay. I mean, if, if they're 80 and they're pushing themselves around, no, it's the same thing. It's, oh, it's if different pushing if, if, if It's different if someone's pushing them opposed to like you pushing yourself. Okay. I bet a lot of people in a wheelchair would ask you what, do you, what do you do? How are you so fit? I get asked that a lot. Yeah. yeah. I imagine that'd be the first question. It's actually funny because I always, like, I, so if I go through airports, I get pat down every time, like full pat down. Like I get, get a lot of, like, I get more play there than I do in, <laughs> anywhere else. Honey, um, listen. <laughs> I said, honey, listen. Yeah. And um, so it, I get pat down every single time. Is it real pat down or is it bullshit oh, no. sympathy? No, it's a real we, pat down. Like they're, they're like touching you your junk. Like you could have a bomb. So yeah. you're not a safe bet, like. No, like they, they have to check my entire chair and pat down my pad. It, it, mm. It's a giant pain in the ass. Okay. Um, but every single time they're pat me down, like, oh, what do you do? And uh, I'm usually wearing some, as most CrossFitters, I'm like usually wearing some form of like CrossFit gear. They're like, oh, do you like do some lifting? I was like, yeah, I lift. And they're like, yeah, but you don't do the CrossFit stuff, do you? I'm like, no, I, I do the CrossFit stuff. And they're like, but you're, like, you're a big guy. I'm like, uh-huh. And they're like, well, you can't, you can't be that big on CrossFit. And I was like, but... But I am, okay. and I and I do. So I guess like my question is, why are you so small? <laughs> so it happens. It happens like literally probably once a month. How about someone who's so so? Okay, so we have two categories. We have people who wield themselves and people who don't wield themselves. Uh, for the most part, like I'm, I'm talking about like sweeping you, generalization. Yeah, a, sweeping, a, a like, very a very oversimplification and sweeping generalization. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. How about the people who have put themselves in the wheelchair because they're 300 pounds overweight. Do you give them a... Oh, man, you're going to make me make it really hard for me to <laughs> you, see about that. Do you give them a... Uh... Uh, no. No. It, it depends. And you never know with someone's situation what it could be and if they're trying to fight back from it. So it's it's kind of totally. hard because like so they may be trying to change their life and they may have just been in a really bad place for a while. Right. I have a bigger problem with people who take up handicapped parking just because they're fat than I do with someone who's in a wheelchair That's because exactly they're fat. That's exactly where oh, I was wow. going to go. That's I, exactly where I was going to go. Vein. Like I, I get I get pretty angry about that one. I'm like, yeah, you know what? You like you don't actually need that spot. It's a convenience for you. Like I can't get in and out of my car. And a lot of my other wheelchair like friends can't get in and out of their car without that extra stripe line mark. Right. You're you, like you're just being fucking lazy. And it was kind of like when you came out of the bathroom and I went in right after you, mm-hmm. and you said, "No, it's kind of small in there." And I was like, "Well, I think it's kind of small in here." <laughs> Imagine what that means for you. Oh, I thought our bathrooms were huge here. It was fine. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, uh, you can complain. It's okay. I like I like yeah. space. Um, that that's and that's exactly where I was taking it. And I don't want to do any fat bashing. That's not my point at all. And I and but. Um, there, I, that is what I see when I see people getting out of handicapped spots. The ninety percent of the time, they're grossly overweight. I mean, well, huge. And, I mean, like they dwarf you. They're three. And, and of there's you. and there's there's a difference. So I always 
I always tell people, like, if they have a placard, just leave it alone because you don't know. Because there are certain forms right. of, like, MS, sure. MD, and CP right. that, like, they may look like they're fine, but they may not function that well. I, I, I know one lady who, who gets harassed all the time because um, she has a version of, and I'm going to get this wrong, it's either MS or MD, where, like, normally, she, like, she looks normal, she can walk normal, but if she's having a bad day, she's in excruciating pain and she can't walk. Right. And so she has a placard, but she only mm. uses it when she's having one of those days. But if she gets out of her car, you wouldn't know that she's having mm. this problem. Right. It's 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 when I see some like and I've started I used to be very very aggressive with it and I started learning to like be nicer about it. You would approach someone. Oh, I'm very confrontational in that. Like I, I would get. In, I actually moved into the house I'm in now. I used to live in an apartment. I moved into the house I'm in now because because people started getting worried that someone was going to physically hurt me because I was so confrontational about them parking in these spots. <laughs> um, and so no one who parks in one of those spots can physically do anything to you. And that's about my vote. I mean, yeah. <laughs> if, if I was a betting man, I'd, I'd take this. Um, but anyway, go on. So Sorry. like, I'll, I would do things like if I saw someone parked in that spot and they're like hopping out to get their mail, I would pull in behind them really close and get out of my car and go check my mail and then like just kind of wait for them to. Be oh, like, oh, can you move? Like, fuck with I'll, I'll be I'll be done in five minutes. Yes. <laughs> um, or I'd physically, I physically I'd like verbally just start yelling at them. Um, I've gotten nicer about it, so I'll I'll do something like, hey, like this. Yeah, like this. Okay. So like I do something like, hey, like hey, you forgot to hang up your your placard. That's like a $500 fine, man. I just don't want you to get fined. Like, you better go back and hang up your placard. And if they're like, oh, I don't have one, I'm like, well, then get the fuck out of the spot, asshole. Right, right. I never, it's funny, I never see anyone parking it who doesn't have the placard. But I do see a lot of people, I do see a lot of overweight people parking the spots. Yeah. And, and I've gotten into it, those people before, and it's just not, it's not really worth it. I don't think they, I know I'm going to get a ton for, of DMs about this. That's, that's uh, so me. <laughs> so am I. But it's one of those things, like, for them, it, it's it's something about them like their their mentality is just off man like they i i just can't imagine like for me someone who can't walk i just can't imagine putting myself in a situation that i could walk if i would just like if someone came to me and said hey kevin if you never eat steak and you and you never touch a barbell again you'll walk tomorrow or you'll walk in six months you you would never see me eat steak and you would never see me touch a barbell again and I just, I just can't imagine putting myself in a situation where I have control over whether or not I'm, I walk and can be healthy wow. and not taking that control. A, wow. Yeah, I like that. You have a program called... Uh, 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 the Revely Project. Revely Project. Mm-hmm. It's a tough word to say, for the record. I str- really? I struggle with it, yeah. It's Re- something it's it's with the L and the R. It's like the, the wake-up call in the military. Re- yeah, like I, can't, Rebel, I, can't, I can't say Revely. Revely Project. Yeah. And yet every time I see you... You are rocking barbell for boobs. You must fucking you love these guys more than you love yourself. Probably, yeah, for the most part. <laughs> I mean, look at you. You have no revel, revelly. It's on my chair. Gear on you, and yet you're rocking. That's a barbell for boobs shirt. Yeah, it um, that's some um, confusing branding there because you got the flamingo. Oh, it's a flamingo and it's a boob. Is that flamingo a oh, nipple? I, is that I, a I can see the nipple. I don't know what it is. That's I, a they nipple, gave me yeah. the shirt, and it says barbells for boobs, so I wear it. Yeah. Okay, it's a nice I, shirt. I'm going with so, that nipple. And, and then you have the pink glasses. Yep. And it's like there's no question who you're repping. No. And, and why is that? Why put them I before mean, your group? Uh, I don't really put them before my group, but I do a lot of – like our group is, is, is Colorado-based, so I do a lot of work there promoting our stuff and, and doing all that stuff for the Revely project um, there. Like, I, I work on it a ton as far as the program is concerned, and we're actually doing fairly well. Um, what is the program? 
so we, we offer a scholarship for veterans who have mood disorders or physical disabilities. Um, and we, that scholarship covers a year of membership at a cross. Mood disorder is a TBI. It'd be something Traumatic like brain injury. Um, I mean that, that could be classified as what, but like, um, insomnia, depression, uh, PTSS, um, from, uh, from fighting, from killing people overseas, from serving. literally from any, from serving okay. and anything service connected. Like, um, it's, it's a year long scholarship that allows, um, that gives them a year, a year of cr- membership at a CrossFit gym near them. One of our satellite gyms that we check out. Um, so they get a free, free CrossFit membership for a year. Uh, we, we encourage them to utilize uh, a monthly nutritional, um, counseling session. And then they have, um, the opportunity of four physical therapy sessions within that year. Uh, on us that's awesome if uh, one of them says they want to look like you do you discourage it as far as like size yeah hey man if you're going to be if you're going to be happy and healthy and well adjusted and give back to the community I don't give a shit what you look like I can okay. divorce addictions to have yeah man. no I mean and, and it's it's just one of those things like what we found um, so the other founder um, Ryan Foster um, he served two tours overseas uh, in the Marines and um, his his transport got blown up twice um, each time he was in them um, and so he, he came back with all 10 fingers and all 10 toes, um, but had some pretty gnarly like um, uh, neck issues and some, some damage there. And so a TB, uh, what he'll call a minor TBI, but that's also because he's a Marine. Um, and, <laughs> sounds and, like, but, sounds send like your DMs to Kevin Ogar, <laughs> not me. <laughs> and so, oh, well, uh, every injury to a Marine that doesn't kill you is probably a minor injury in, in my experience. And it reminds so, me of Tyson. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. And so... Um, he came back with a TBI and, and his memory wasn't there and he, he got out and he was just not doing the right stuff. And so he came into the gym that I was working at at the time and I ended up coaching him and we ended up becoming really good friends and we started talking about nutrition and using CrossFit to keep him away from doing like dumb shit and he just, he, it completely turned his life around and so he, uh, he came to me, he's like, we need, to, we need to get more veterans doing this kind of stuff. And so me, him, and then I, uh, another guy named Colin found the, founded the Revly Project and started trying to work on it and push on it. I was actually supposed to meet with um, Z from Barbells for Boobs, and um, she's based out of California. Okay, uh, so Santa Ana, uh, Costa Mesa, Costa Mesa. Okay, close enough. I, I don't, orange, I don't, I don't know California. Okay, it's it's Orange County. Yeah, like Orange County. Twenty minutes. Um, so I was the day I got the day after I got hurt. I was supposed to have a meeting with her and um, one of the guys from the Glenn Doherty Foundation. Um, to talk about our nonprofit and help and get us help, and then I got paralyzed, so we had to push it off. But um, oh, sh- wow! Yeah, so you're headed down that path anyway. Yeah, so we we have been working. Me and him have been working on how to implement it and get it running since like 2011. Okay, 2012 ish, and um, and so we, after I got hurt, we just started working on it again, and then um, uh, we launched it in 2015. Since then, we've put um, right around I think close to 30 veterans through the program and. So basically, you do fundraisers. That money sits in a bank, and then when, and then someone applies for it. You have some scholarship process, and I say, "Hey, this, 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 and happened to me. I'd like to get access to that money." Uh, we, and then you pay a, for the gym membership for you. We have a, a link, a refer a vet, or refer yourself here on the website, and you okay. can go in there and you can uh, send us a message, and it'll tell us like, "Hey, I have a, I have a friend who's dealing with this, or I'm dealing with this," or they can email me directly at Kevin at the org and say, "Hey, this is what I want to do." Right now, we're based in Colorado, so that's the only that's the only bad part right now is that we can only help within Colorado. Um, but then once we have that, we meet you, we meet you at the gym that we want to put you in. Um, we negotiate a price with the gym owner and, um, you're kind of off to the races from there. And have you turned anyone down? Um, we, like, has anyone applied? You're like, it's probably better. You write back, you're being a bitch. No, (laughs) 
And not really, because like the way we feel about it, if someone is is out there who who's has taken the time to reach out to us for help, whether it's for the help they're saying that they need, right? They need help in some way, right? Yeah, and so yeah, it, yeah. it'd be kind of shitty for us to be like, oh, well, we don't think you're bad enough to be in our So we we really just try to use any any excuse possible to get a veteran in within our program. Now we do have to be like, hey, we can't afford it right now. So check back with us in a little while, but we'll never be like, we're not helping you. What is the most difficult thing about not having your legs? Most difficult? Actually, you do have your legs. Sorry. What is not the most difficult of thing of not having the use of your legs? Um, you know, um, everything takes a little more time. I honestly, not having, not having the use of your legs is, is bad. Um, but I, and this is probably across the board with almost any paraplegic I've talked to, I would, I would take the, the, um, feeling use and control of like my junk and my butthole mm. more than I would take walking. Mm-hmm. So though that's, that's the, so, so from your injury, that's just losing. I mean, imagine not being able to feel your own, own junk. Yeah. Can't. I can't imagine that. Yeah, I mean it's it's not it's not fun, and then having to like I've actually had that thought before, is the perverse nature that I perverse human being that I am that what would be the point of living? I mean there are definitely points, but but that thought has entered my mind. Not that I agree with it. Yeah. But I thought, oh shit, what if I didn't have my dick? What would be the point of living? Because like kind of like for the first twenty five years, it was just to use that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and and it's it's not only like the use of it, but it's also like um, having to to time out when you go to the bathroom. So it's not really like I can like pinch one off or like hold it in. Like it's, it's, I either, I like, if I feel like I need to go, I need to go. And if I, if I don't time things properly, if I don't eat properly, if I don't take care of myself, like it can become huge problems. We actually talk about, um, control of bladder and bowel for seated athletes in the, in the adaptive course that everyone should take. So, so that, that's actually, so, so one of the most, so I like that hierarchy. So, the, my next question to that would be then if you had advice for someone who was in your situation mm-hmm. um, let's just say anyone who's wheelchair bound what are some what are some things that you would want to share with them like, like o- overall or yeah about like that fucking man quit fucking around get your diet in check man that'll That's, make life think, so much easier or hey man get in an exercise program or hey stop feeling sorry for yourself or hey I think all like, three of those go hand in hand I, I don't think you can separate those three things um, I mean, if you're feeling sorry for yourself, you're definitely not going to be working out and eating well. But if you start eating well and working out, you definitely have some kind of self-esteem that you're trying to push towards, and it, it definitely, definitely helps. Mm. Um, I don't, I don't know what it's kind of a chicken and the egg. What comes first, like worrying about fitness or worry about nutrition? I guess it, for the person, for me, it had to start with nutrition because I couldn't work out if I was always shitting my pants. Mm. You know, and so like I. I um, I'll joke about eating all this food and, and like just kind of, uh, I don't care. I'm just going to go have a steak, but I actually am very meticulous about what I eat when I eat it and, and, and how much of it. Cause there's the whole time time. It's timing. It's quantity. It's quality. Like I, I have the intestinal fortitude of a newborn baby. Like I just, I, my stomach just doesn't handle things very well. And so like, I, was it like that pre accident? Yeah. Oh. I, I've always had stomach issues. Okay. And so like, I don't, I don't, I basically eat lean meats, vegetables, nuts and seeds some fruit, little starch, no sugar on a daily basis. Wow, I've heard that before. Yeah, mm-hmm. here it works. Um, yeah. Are you very strict with your diet in terms of you eat, like the games athletes eat the same fucking thing every morning? Pretty much oatmeal, yeah. egg, 
same thing every day. Um, and if I'm not on the road, then yeah, I eat, I eat, like I'll cook one thing at the beginning of the week, and then it'll last me until Wednesday, and I'll cook something else on Wednesday, and that'll last me through Sunday, and then I just keep cycling, cycling through. I'm I'm pretty pretty rigid about maybe not the exact same thing because I'll change the recipe, but it's usually like rice, vegetables, um, and meat, and then some some fruits thrown in there, and that's that's about it. When the movie came out, were you embarrassed at all? Uh, no, I wasn't embarrassed. Were you shy at all? I mean, it's a lot of the tension on a human being. Yeah. Not, not, I'm t- talking about the content. I just mean like um, it's like you're, you have to stand up in front of the whole world for a second. Yeah. Like I would um, just get really shy. I'm not – as odd as it sounds, I'm not someone who's super public about a lot of stuff. I know mm-hmm. I know my life's kind of become pretty public. Yes. Um, but I, I keep a lot of it um, – like – I, I have, uh, I have a lot of like I was pictures, photos, and videos, and Me too. like of of, Me too. of people. Like I, I get pictures with people. Most people think that like I'm getting pictures with them so I can have it, so I can put it on Instagram. And it's uh-huh. more or less just for like I just want a picture with that person, and right. I don't post it out there. It's it's for me. And so I, I keep a lot of the stuff in my life very private. So if you like my in my social media presence is mainly just me bench pressing and working out and doing stupid things. And it's not very out there. I, I don't. I wasn't embarrassed, and I and I and I know it. With I really trusted Carry on this because I, I know he does really great things. But it's um, I knew that what Carrie wanted to do is use my story to help other people. And and if nothing else, I will literally do anything possible to help someone else. Like I I will. I am perfectly okay putting my life on display if it helps someone. In the movie, when you're in the hospital, there's a scene where everyone's around you. Um, I remember seeing Max Mormont there. By the way, I love him. Are you friends with him? I am. Very, like Max is one. Of my, he gave me uh, a rosary that was blessed by the Pope. Wow! <laughs> and, and, and like right after that that scene in there, he gave it. To, it's it's hanging up in my house. Holy shit! That's awesome. Yeah, uh, I love him. He, he's I, he's an amazing person. He's young I love guy. Max. He's dead. Um, uh, I just feel myself around him. He he just makes people comfortable, and it makes yeah. like you just can't help but be happy around that guy. He's just a positive force. Yeah. Um. It, you go like this, bring it in. Mm. And I'm like, holy fuck, here's this fucking guy. It's a really awkward moment. You know, you're just fucking like coming out of your fucking mm. hospital room basically for like one of the first times. And yet you're dick, you still have to conduct the stuff to take the leadership role to say, okay, it's okay, guys, bring it in. Do you remember that? Was I, that I spontaneous? That. Was it? It was spontaneous. And I, and I don't think I was taking the leadership role. Like the people you saw in that, that, in the circle part, around you, that yeah. circle around me, yeah. like those people were my family. Like that's that's my family. Yeah, like that was barbells for boobs. That was cousins. That that was that that I grew up with. Like brothers. That was my mom, my dad, my sister. Like that's like the people basically in this photo, and plus the people from barbells for boobs. Like that's just asking your family for a hug. That's all that was. Okay, I was really impressed, and 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 that was you pre-accident. That's just the kind of guy you are. Yeah, bring it in. Yeah, bring it in, man. No, 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 no fear of hugs, man. <laughs> What is next on the horizon for you? So you, um, you big part of the adaptive athlete course, SME mm-hmm. course here at CrossFit Inc. You're on the L1 team. Mm-hmm. You are running your own gym. Yep. You have a, the Revelry project. Yeah. And you have um, intimate contacts with barbells for boobs. Yep. And then I also work um, 
with slash kind of for uh, uh, Phoenix or Phoenix, what was formerly Phoenix Multisport, Multisport. Mm-hmm. dealing with people who um, are, are going through recovery from addiction. Yep. And so we offer we offer a free Sunday class for them every Sunday. Have, um, do you have any addictions or have you ever had any? Not not me, man. Um, you I'm, never did? I'm, I'm pretty good. No, no alcoholism I, or blow? I mean, or? I drank when I was in college, but I never really did. I didn't do any. I've never done blow. never really done drugs. Never done blow? No. Wow. Um, not me, but I, I understand like the population I work with for the Revely project does, and there's a lot of people who could really use some help. And uh, what you were gonna say, really use some blow? No, uh-huh. and that would take us. That take a whole different what? story. <laughs> um, when, I opened, I, when I opened my gym, I knew I didn't want it to be like a competitor's gym where people come to like try to make regionals. Even though it seems kind of weird being a regional competitor myself, I wanted it to be someplace where anyone that had any problem at all that they could use fitness to fix like let's make it a safe haven for them so we offer that class it, yet it's free it's 100 percent free as long as you're 48 hours sober you can come to that class at my gym every sunday is your plate full or are you is, is there more coming like is there is there what's next or is it you need to really focus on these five or six satellites now and, and make sure that they oh i'm trying to focus on those satellites i'm really trying to focus on growing my gym i'm really trying to focus on on doing the right thing for the Revly project um trying to be a trying to continually get better at the uh, level ones i mean uh it, it is it is a daunting task to like follow in the, in the footsteps and try to present the same material as as like as like the adrian bosman's the chuck carswell's the shri chance like the, like these are these are people that you kind of like w- like you watch these videos on like presenting all this stuff and now like you're on that same staff like you have you have to get better you have to bring your a game and, and there's like, nowhere to hide on that there, staff, there's no there? like mm-hmm. you're, you are continually there's no autopilot no you, you have to continually get better and it's always practicing and, and i'm trying to bring the same kind of um same kind of effort and and like zero to to the adaptive training course i mean it helps that all of us that are on that staff right now are on lo- level one staff um, and we were trying to push it in that direction, but it's, it's, do you ever feel like saying to, to the other people who are on the SME staff, like for the adaptive class, like, do you ever think in your brain, you have no fucking idea what you're talking about. I'm living this shit. Like, no, you ever get um, towards that? Alec is an adaptive athlete. Alec, Alec didn't walk for a year. Okay. So he was in a, he was in an accident when he was in the Navy and he was basically paralyzed for a year. He snapped his <clears> leg <throat> in half. He has, um. Um, some a spinal cord injury that he just happens to be able to walk from. Um, like he has different adaptations he needs to do because of that snap leg and the, the surgery that are required. And and Mo's just Mo's brilliant. That's her background. Like she's trained she's trained adaptive athletes for forever. She has her master's in uh, kinesiology, if I'm not mistaken, and going for her her PhD in, in, in education and. She's just super smart. She knows what she's doing. And then we have Logan, who's an adaptive athlete himself. So I think all of us have. Um, incredibly intimate knowledge of working with these athletes. So there's three adaptive athletes on the L1 team. Um, Logan's not on the L1 team. Okay. It's me, Mo, and um, Alec are all. So on the two, L1 team. you and Alec. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. So you weren't the first one. I was the first one. You were the first one. Yeah, Alec, Alec has done. Alec is brand new to the seminar staff. Oh wow, brand new. He just got out of the internship process at the end of last year, I think. Congratulations oh, to yeah. him. We're gonna have to have you back because we got all this other stuff to talk about. I I, I think that there's a lot more to talk about in terms of um, how to run a gym. I'd like to talk to you in the future when you come back about where this competition for adaptive athletes is going. Um, I'm still not convinced that it can be done, and and I th- I think it can be done, and I'll just say this about it. I um I mean I I've been around CrossFit for ten um, ish years now, and I remember remember the time before there was a CrossFit Games and the community just grew to a point where people wanted to compete. Right. And the CrossFit Games grew out of that. Right. 
the CrossFit community didn't grow out of the CrossFit games. Right. And mm-hmm. so I feel like if we're going to have an adaptive division, it has to be from the adaptive community within CrossFit growing. Right. Not from that competition growing the adaptive community. Right. Um, have you ever streaked in your life? Yeah. Yeah, you seem like you've done a few of those. He's a swimmer. I'm, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> you've streaked? <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's like an aquatic kid. Yeah, like, <laughs> they're just like they're a little off. Listen, listen. squirrely. I don't, I don't mind making people feel bad about themselves by not having clothes on. All right, all right, understood, understood. Um, man, we covered a lot. I'm so happy we talked about judging people. We talked about uh, about uh, life uh, difficulty. Um, Peeing, catheter. Yeah, that legs versus no legs. Um, we talked about a little bit about your mom and dad. I'd like to go back. Um, I'd like to talk about role models you have, ro- uh, what it's like being a role model. Um, is there going to be a part two to your movie? You'd have to do something really good. Um, I don't think people want to watch me for that long. You never I, know. I, I told Carrie I didn't think people wanted to watch me for that long for the first movie. He just made me look cooler than I actually am. No, you're pretty cool. Uh, CF Watchtower, how did you get that name? We'll finish on this. Uh, so Cross at Watchtower. I'm a giant comic book nerd. Uh-huh. Always have been. Uh-huh. I, have, I still collect comic books to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, CrossFit Watchtower. The uh, oh, thanks. Is that is that Brooke Wells' sister? Yeah, Sin. She kind of looks like Sarah Sigmund's daughter in that photo, doesn't she? I think she looks like Brooke. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they're twins. Maybe yeah, twins. Yeah. yeah. Um, so CrossFit Watchtower. Uh, for those of you guys who don't know, like uh, I'm a DC fan, not a Marvel. I like good comic books, not Marvel. Um, Zach Forrest, I'm talking to you. Um, <laughs> And so one of the greatest squats in the world. Beautiful, right? Zach Forrest, yeah, mesmerizing. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. should be a stripper. Is he not? He's no. in Vegas. He's in Vegas. Um, <laughs> so, the the Watchtower within DC Comics is the home base for the Justice League. It's where all the superheroes within that in that uh, universe go and train and live and and. Like, I used to watch the Justice League cartoon as a kid. Yeah, where they hang out is called the Watchtower with the arch. God, I never knew that. Or, or the Hall of Justice. Hall really, of Justice. It's a really old one. Hall of yes, Justice. Yes, it was the Hall of Justice. Yeah. So now, now it's considered like the Hall of Justice. The Hall of Justice is now the main thing, and then everything that surrounds that is called the Watchtower. Okay. And so when I opened my gym, since Ben Smith stole CrossFit Krypton uh-huh. um, from me, did uh, he? No, he already had it for years. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I always like to say that um, I, I chose the the place where not only. Superman is from, but the place where all the superheroes come and train. Oh, so you just one upped him. I yep. asked Ben Smith at the games one it wasn't year. His, it wasn't his idea. It was his brother. His brother stole that from me. I go, why did you name it CrossFit Krypton? He goes, my brother named it. And yeah. I go, what is he, fucking seven? Hey, you quiet down. <laughs> <laughs> Superman's the greatest superhero of all time. He's the, he's, the reason, he's the reason why the term superhero exists. Is it? Yeah. I, I do think he's the best, too. He, 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 I mean, he was one of the original superheroes. And so like they were just called heroes back then, and then it bled out into DC Comics and DC Comics. Actually, it was Action Comics that bled into DC Comics, and that became superheroes. We have a superhero who works out here. You know, Brooke Ends works out here. Yeah, and she's in superhero movies. I mean, yeah, yeah. She. I mean, I, I watched her. I, I recognized her in the first Wonder Woman. What do you mean? She's only in it for like that quick. You're yeah. like, there's Brooke. Yeah, I, I saw her from the very beginning. Like you can't, you can't pass. She's actually like the muscular one in that film. Like she, like you, you could recognize her by her back and lats. Right. Like, in the, I want to. I started watching Justice League, and I think that she's she, in it. She yeah. has a bigger role. She knocks down the pillar. Yeah, that part's awesome. Yeah, it's yeah, amazing. yeah. It's awesome. All right. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Until next time. Thank you. Yeah. Eric, land the plane. <laughs>